Welcome to Ukulele is a New Black. I'm Meredith Harper and I love to play the ukulele. In this podcast, I talk to ukulele players to find out why they play ukulele, what they love about it, and how it's changed their lives. I wanted to play an instrument, because musicians are so cool, and I wanted to be cool, but I found playing an instrument was kind of hard. Over the past year or so, I've noticed a big increase in listeners from Germany, so I thought it was time to feature a German ukulele player on the show. Fortunately, my friend Jim Croft seems to be able to find interesting ukulele players all over the world, and he suggested I get in touch with Charlotte Pelgen, who turned out to be not only a brilliant ukulele player and singer, but also an absolute delight. I'm sure you'll enjoy this episode. Ukulele player, introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Charlotte Pelgen from Germany, and um, I'm a swing and jazz ukulele player. Oh, I love swing and jazz, and it's a great thing to do on the ukulele. Um, but look, thank you so much for joining me. I, I realized a few months ago I have a lot of listeners in Germany, and I thought, well, especially now that, you know, I'm not... Um, I can't do interviews in person. I have to do them um, over Zoom or you know, remotely. I thought it's a perfect opportunity to talk to someone in Germany who plays ukulele. So um, I'm so glad I found you. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. I think it's really interesting that you have such a, a big listener base in Germany. I, I still don't know how it happened, um, but I'm very happy about it. It's, it's interesting because I get all kinds of stats and my biggest audience was always the US. Mm -hmm. um, Australia about, you know, quite a lot, but US was the biggest one. And Germany over the last few months, it's been creeping up and up and up and actually was number one for a little while there. Wow. Yeah, I mean, we are very enthusiastic about the ukulele here in Germany. <laughs> Which is the latest thing. <laughs> so, and, and um, is that um, a recent thing in Germany? Has ukulele come across the last few years, or has it been big for a while? I mean, um, it's it's been here for a while, but it's definitely still growing rapidly. It has been growing a lot over the last, let's say, three or four years, and now it it is absolutely at its biggest. It's never been that. Um, that colorful before because there's so many events popping up left right and center and so many new ukulele groups and initiatives and it's really great to see it's really a lot of fun so you get the the festivals and those kind of things happening as well i know in australia we yeah. have festivals all over the place yeah yeah yeah. i mean um there have been some that have been going on for for many years the biggest one now i believe is the berlin festival that has been going on this year should have been the fifth year um but it won't happen this year as far as i know yeah, no festivals happening. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But Sabina, who is organizing it, she has done a wonderful job at kind of um, connecting all of the uke, um, uke uh, community in Germany. Before it was a little bit more localized to the to the different cities, and um, now you really have that sense of a of a German wide community that is really loving and really um, a really good community. Yeah, it's wonderful. That's great. Mm. So, what started you on the ukulele? Did you play um, other instruments before that? I did. Um, I started. I actually started um, on the bagpipes um, because bagpipes. Bagpipes. Yeah. <laughs> That's an interesting first instrument. Uh, it is. I mean, I played. I played the recorder before in school, but I wouldn't really count that. And then I started with the bagpipes because my father is a bagpipe teacher, 
And um, well, that makes sense then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then it wasn't quite for me. And then I, I started playing the drums, um, which wasn't. So you're really going for all the all the loud instruments. All the loud instruments, which is strange <laughs> because. <laughs> What I really wanted to do was to sing. Um, and of course, the bagpipes and the drums are not really good for that. And then one day my father, um, because he's a musician too, he traveled to China to, to play some concerts there. And he brought back a, a ukulele as a, as a souvenir. And he brought it home and he got obsessed with it. And he started playing all these tunes from the 20s from Germany, the, the German songs, which are wonderful. And... Um, so I, I had a go at it too at, at some point, and I, I learned a song from the Beatles. That was my first my first um, contact with the ukulele, and it completely hit me. It was so easy to learn the first three chords, and it was fun, and I could sing, and it was rhythmic, and I, I absolutely loved it. And then I just went into my room, and I think I played more than six hours every day. <laughs> six hours! Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> and I was, I think, maybe 12. I was maybe 12 or 13, and I... I was in school. I was just thinking about the ukulele. I want to go home and play. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been playing for a while then. Yeah, it's been um, uh, ten or eleven years now. Yeah. Wow. So you've worked it out now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's always more to learn. Obviously, I wouldn't say that I'm I'm quite Look, there yet where I want well, to be. That's right. No one's ever says right. That's it. I know everything. I'm going to pack it up and, exactly. and stop. It doesn't work that way. Um, no. But yeah, it's great to be able to to play all the things you want. So um, so you said jazz and and swing. Yeah. Is what you like to play. So tell me about that. How did that come about? Um, it's also my father because, as I said, he was playing this um, this German tunes from that era, and. Um, in the beginning, I wasn't completely sold immediately because I was a teenager and the, the lyrics are often quite... Uh, like there's a, a special kind of humor in these songs, in the German songs of that era, very dry humor, but very well done. But as a teenager, I thought it was a little bit embarrassing, maybe. Um, <laughs> there's lots of like saucy um, saucy lyrics. And I, yeah, I, I know yeah. which. <laughs> I don't know the German songs, but I think there was the twenties. There were probably similar songs, um, sort of certain English and American songs too. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, but I don't know. He he always played them to me when we were having lunch together, and um, it. I don't think it took that long until I really um, like. At some point, you start to understand this music, and um, I completely fell in love with it. I was so fascinated by by the, the melodies and the lyrics and the rhythm, especially the rhythm. And it had such a kind of magic for me that I couldn't, I couldn't resist it. And then I also got really interested in the whole era, like what, what was happening um, politically with all the, the, the rights movements for, for the women, the suffragettes movements, um, the flappers and, uh, you know, the women cutting their hair short and wearing airy dresses and um, claiming their own lives. And the fashion, it was just a, an absolutely amazing um, era that was full of change and so much was happening and the music reflects that perfectly. And I, whew, for me, it's the the most magical music I've ever come across. <laughs> so do you, do you play just the old songs or do you play new things which are in, in that style? Um, I play uh, mainly old stuff, but I do play some, new, like I write songs in that style as well sometimes. And I also play uh, chansons, which I'm not sure if that is a, like the, the name of a genre that is maybe well-known in, in English I know it's countries. French for songs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I studied exactly. French once, <laughs> but right. that's all I know. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, is a, it is a French tradition. It's kind of like a, a storytelling song that is all about telling ah, a story. Right. And it's a, it's a whole genre in, in Europe. Like there's some 
someone from England, but it's really big in, in Germany and in, in France. And there's some modern ones that are wonderful. Um, so I do play that genre as well, which I really enjoy together with my duo with uh, Elisabeth. Um, so that's really my, my main focus, the old songs and the chansons. Yeah. So the chansons, it's sort of like, I guess, something the bards would have sung to, to tell all the stories, to that, that oral yeah, storytelling tradition. Yeah, I guess that's where it started, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's great. So, are they, they they tend to be long, or is just just have a lot have a story? It, it, the chanson is really really um, diverse. There are some songs that can only be twenty seconds because it's basically you're singing a little joke. Um, oh, okay. They're all about very clever clever storytelling. Some are extremely sad, and some are extremely funny. And it's all about um, yeah, I guess uh, kind of um, I don't know, like an emotion that you want to to get across and. So they, they're really different. There's some that are 10 minutes long, but the, I think the norm is about three or four minutes as well. Okay. Yeah. I'll have to look that up. That sounds really interesting. Yeah. If you want to have a good, good English-speaking chanson, I, um, yes. I can recommend to everybody to listen to Tom Lehrer. Okay. Who, um, yeah. For example, the, the masochism tango is wonderful. The masochism tango. <laughs> All right. I definitely have to look that up. That sounds very interesting. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> Excuse me, Tango. Great. Okay, that's on my list. Totally on my list. <laughs> Great. <laughs> so you said you play in a duo. Yes. Yeah, that's uh, with a woman from from Vienna, and she's playing the ukulele, and I sing, and sometimes I play the ukulele as well. And um, we haven't been going for that long. Maybe one and a half years now, but I might be lying. Uh, maybe two years, and uh, we're just about to have the premiere of our new program in autumn. And so far. It hasn't been cancelled yet, so maybe Hooray. it can happen. <laughs> <laughs> so and I'm not sure how things are in Germany as far as COVID goes. Is, is um, things likely to open up soon? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, slowly opening up now. I already have some concerts this month, which are mostly open-air concerts or concerts in big spaces where people can sit um, apart from each other for like two or three metres. And um, so I have some concerts with, with that duo and then also with my other main band, the Bad Mouse Orchestra, and it's really, really good that things are opening up and we are so happy that we get the chance to finally see each other again. But nobody really knows if it... It's a kind of a test run. People will see if it's possible to do it or if it leads to more infections again. So it's a test run and we'll see if we can yeah. stay like that. Well, we've been lucky where I'm um, in Canberra. Um, actually, until today, there's a three new cases. We hadn't had any new cases for, for quite about two months, which was great. Um, but Wow. So it's also opening up. The um, we haven't over there. haven't certainly seen the concert, although they have opened the cinemas again. This I think this week or maybe next okay. week they were. Um, but now we've got a few new cases here. Oh. Yes, it might start to then close down again. Um, but they are being very slow to open right. things up, which I think is good. Um, you don't want to do it too fast and end up worse. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah it hasn't been a fun time. I must say, the first time I got together yeah. with my friends to play, it was just it was kind of scary, but but but, but it was so good. <laughs> We all just sat outside, outside yeah. on the deck, you know, two metres apart. Yeah, but it was yeah. just so nice just to sit and just just play and just have some fun. And yeah, it was great. Oh, yeah. You really start to appreciate it even more oh, than you before. Do, I, I, I really, I find it just sitting on my own. I mean, it's nice to play, but I, I wouldn't be like you and do my six hours in my bedroom. That That's that's too much. Um, yeah. I find, I guess, unless I have a, a goal, unless I'm practising for something or I've got other people to play with, I find it a bit hard to get motivated. Mm, I totally understand that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
So you said also the Bad Mouse Orchestra you play with. Yes. Tell me about that. Um, we are a, a four-piece band. We got uh, two ukuleles, one guitar, and one double bass. And we've been going... Nice combination. Yeah, it, it's it's really great because the ukulele supplies all the, the high frequencies. Then we got the guitar in the middle and the bass is taking care of all the lowest frequencies. And it's uh, it builds this kind of carpet of sound that, that we, we quite like. And we play the... We've been playing since 2015. And mainly or exclusively songs from the 20s to 40s, roughly maybe some from the 50s, some from earlier. And um, our main goal is it to to dig up um, songs that are not um, that, that that hasn't become that haven't become uh, standards like jazz standards. We want to play these forgotten tunes because we collect old sheet music, and we love to to dig through flea market boxes and boxes on on attics to find these lost tunes that we think are so wonderful that they shouldn't be forgotten. And uh, that's our big passion. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, because a lot of um, people tend to play the 50s. When they say play old stuff, mm. it's it's 50s. But going back to the 20s, it's so much more interesting, isn't it? And as you say, there's stuff that people must have been, probably was quite well known back then, but it just didn't didn't stay yeah. um, in the public eye and they've forgotten about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. I think all the eras are, are super fascinating. I think there's also wonderful music in the 50s. But with the 20s, um, there was something special be- uh, for the music in between the two world wars. There was some form of, um, like you say, it's the anything goes spirit that was in the, in the air, um, and it was this this sense of freedom everywhere, and this sense of uh, it was really it was really cultural. It was extremely colorful, and um, in America through the prohibition, all the people were forced to go to the speakeasies, which were these underground bars that that sold alcohol, um, like the forbidden drink everybody was searching for and um, so all the different um, parts of of society were just thrown into these speakeasies and they were shaken up and and poured out and out came a a cocktail of cultures and there was so interesting music that that um, was so new to the era that had so much energy that that just wasn't there before and maybe compared to today's music you'd say oh that's not really upbeat music like we have all these techno beats now and stuff but back then it was absolutely revolutionary and it the, the swing music, the syncopation, um, it really uh, has something about it that I don't think any other genre can, can provide. No, and, and it was dance music and it certainly yeah. wasn't, wasn't boring at all, was mm-hmm. it? Absolutely. So what kind of um, audiences do you get? Do you get, um, I, mean, I guess age-wise, do you get all ages coming to listen to you? Yeah, I think now we do. Um, it, I'd say it's mainly... Um, no, it's yeah, I think it's all ages depending on where we play because we play very different concerts sometimes in in small theaters or in museums or in bars or at birthday parties and it's the old people that come to us the older generations that are oh I remember that my my mother used to listen to this and I can't believe you're playing it I haven't heard it in 50 years um and the younger people come to us saying whoa I didn't know that kind of music exists and uh where the where the hell did you find that <laughs> Well, maybe you can bring a revolution. I think it's fantastic. yeah. Well, it's the twenties now. We're back in the twenties, so of course <laughs> it is time to bring the twenties back. Exactly. We've been that. excited for years. We've been waiting for years to finally say that we are living in the twenties. <laughs> you know, it only just occurred to me. We still say the twenties and mean the nineteen twenties, don't we? Yeah. Um, it hasn't only just occurred to me that we can't really. You have to put the nineteen in front of it now. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Well, would you like to play something for me? Do you have something of that style that you could play? Yes, absolutely. I don't know what you'd plan, so don't don't let me drop you in it. But no, no, I was actually <laughs> planning on playing the song "Anything Goes," um, which I guess fits our talk perfectly. It's from our new album, from the Bad Mouse album. Um, it's from 1934, and the album is coming out. Um, it should arrive at my doorstep later today. So. Um, Oh, that's that's exciting! I'm glad you're talking to me today. Yeah. It's a it's a big day. <laughs> yeah. So by the time this is up, you should probably be able to order it in our online shop. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Anything goes. Times have changed, and we've often rewound the clock since the Puritans got a shock when they landed on Plymouth Rock. If today any shock they would try to stand Instead of landing on Plymouth Rock Plymouth Rock would land on them In olden days a glimpse of stocking was looked on as something shocking But now God knows anything goes Good authors to who once knew better words Now only useful letter words writing prose Oh, anything goes The world has gone mad today And good's bad today And black's white today And day's night today When most guys today The women prize today Are just silly gigolos So though I'm not a great romancer I know that you're bound to answer When I propose Oh, anything goes When mothers peck and leave poor fathers Because they decide they'd rather be tennis pros Anything goes When Mrs. Ned McLean, God bless her, can get Russian breads to yes her Then I suppose Anything goes If driving fast cars you like, if low bars you like, if old hymns you like Or bell limbs you like, if Mae West you like, or me undressed you like Well nobody would oppose When every night the sad that smart is indulging in nudist parties and studios And show me your ukulele. I recognise that ukulele. Yeah. Is that a that is that that that's a koaloha? Yeah. Is it the top looks like? Yes, I have a koaloha as well. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I love it too. I'm usually one of those who swears by the old Martins, but um, yeah, I yeah I got this uke from it was Elizabeth's before, and I bought it off her because I played it and yeah fell in love instantly. It's a beautiful yeah. uke. There's something about them, isn't it? Oh, the, the Martins are lovely as well. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, do you have many ukuleles, or do you just have a few that you love? Um, I'd say it's a few. It's about twelve, but um, I know a lot of people <laughs> that have a lot more. I, look, I know. For someone play, actually, that's, that that actually fits my rule. I have a rule of thumb, but you will tend to have one ukulele per year you've been playing. Oh, perfect. So that's that's great. That's about right, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. That yeah. Justifies yeah, that's it. good. <laughs> I actually lost one of mine recently. Oh, really? Um, yes, it's, it's, I'm hoping it will still turn up. But I, I've always had a ukulele, a work ukulele. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, Friday drinks, you can whip it out and play a few tunes. And actually, while our office has been shut down for COVID, we've actually moved offices. We've moved into this beautiful new office, which we can't use yet. We're not allowed to go right, in there. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, but it seems that my work ukulele has not turned oh, up at the other end. Really? Nobody knows where it is. I know. Oh, that hurts. But, of course, it was sad, but, of course, it meant I had to buy another one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Instantly, immediately. Yeah, of course. Yes. I mean, not all bad. It's a shame, though. Yeah, it was a nice one. We all understand. <laughs> I can't help wondering if one of the removalists saw it and thought, oh, this would be handy. Yeah. No one's going to know, and just it just took it. It's it was really strange because mm. I actually went overseas, and I was I couldn't go in at all to help pack up because I was actually being stuck here for two weeks in my house and couldn't leave when they packed right, everything up. Right. Oh. Um, yeah, it's 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 a bit because I feel a little bit like your children, don't they? Mm. When if I'd given it to someone or sold it, it would have been my my choice. But it's yeah, it's a bit strange. Yeah, it really is. Well, I hope gone. it turns up anyway. Fingers crossed. I hope so because then I'll have even more. Because that yeah, would be great. Then I'll have. <laughs> Then I would have six ukuleles. <laughs> Probably too many for one, but no, you can't have too many. No, I don't think so either. But I mean, I, I only really play um, three of them, I think, regularly. The other ones are mainly pretty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do have the decorative ukuleles and the ones you actually play. Yeah. I've got one that, which I painted and it's purely decorative. Oh. I mean, you can't, it sounds terrible if you play it, but it was a cheap <laughs> ukulele. And I'm not very good at painting. So the paint's actually quite thick okay. because I had to keep on repainting sure. it. And of course, it just, yeah, it sounds terrible. <laughs> it sounds great though. <laughs> but it looks good, yeah. I love that good. kind of ukulele, the ones that come with a story. Yes, I think they should all have I a story. I think so too, yeah. yeah. I'm sure there must be something I haven't asked you. I mean, I can, I can happily I tell you about my new ukulele that I, I would say I accidentally bought because... Please tell me about your new ukulele you accidentally bought. Because then I can also um, have a little advert for, for one of the, the greatest ukulele builders that is alive right now, in my opinion, who is Liam, oh, yes. Liam Kirby from Wunderkammer. He is building ukuleles right. in the UK and he's building them. Um, everything is by hand, everything he does. And uh, he's building them in the, in the style of old Martins. Um, so they they have the the kind of the sound quality of an old Martin, but with a with a big advantage that if something breaks, you can just go to the luthier who built it and have it fixed. And of course, and there's a lot of love in it. He builds it with a lot of passion, and um, he recently built a kind of like a, a mini soprano, which is uh, just a few inches smaller than a normal soprano. And he called it The Little Prince. And The Little Prince is my absolutely favorite book of all time. So when I saw it, I just wrote him in a, in a moment of um, where I completely just lost control. And I was like, I, I need to have it. It has to be mine. I don't care what it costs. Send it <laughs> <Please>. to me. <laughs> Please. And uh, he was really happy about it. And we, we made a deal. I'm sending him an old tiplay which is a 12-string ukulele. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 12? That. That, how does that work? Oh, That's a oh, lot ten. of strings. Wait, maybe I've it's seen ten strings. Because I've seen eight. Eight's the most I've ever seen. Yeah. It seems like a lot of I strings. Think the eight strings are the, the taro patch ukuleles, and then ten is uh, the tiplay, which is I think two of the strings are like three three strings for each note, and then two of them have two oh, strings okay. for each note. So it's the same tuning. Wow. But um, yeah. it kind of sounds a bit more like a mandolin, I'd say. And right. I, oh yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and yeah. It's, I had a beautiful tip play also from from I believe it's from the twenties or thirties, but I didn't have any use for it. And he really likes these obscure instruments. He's uh, just as crazy as the rest of us, and um, <laughs> so we we struck a deal. And uh, yeah, 
So I'm getting the little Prince ukulele, which should also be here in a few days. So it's a really exciting time. Oh, so you don't have it yet. You still have, no. So you still don't know what it sounds like. I have like. no idea, but it's beautiful. <laughs> um, look, I'm sure it will sound lovely. I think so <laughs> How too. could it not? I agree. I agree. And I know his ukuleles and he never um, disappoints. Oh, that's exciting. Very exciting. Yes. Um, it's been interesting. To, I found um, during the whole COVID thing when I've been working from home um, and a lot of my colleagues, because I have a, a day job, which has nothing to do with music, mm-hmm. but uh, when, doing all the, all the Zoom meetings we're having at work, you see all these people in their home offices and see all of their guitars and yeah. instruments behind them and you think, I didn't know you were played music. Yeah. <laughs> the things we've found out about, um, I guess, everyone else's personal lives mm-hmm. that we just had no idea when you didn't only see them in the office. It's been really interesting. Yeah. And I feel a bit bad that, um, yeah, because as you can see behind me, I've got a bookshelf. I, I do have many ukuleles, but they're not on the wall. And you see, you have none on your wall either. Yeah. Oh, I do. I'm just <laughs> not at home right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I I need to change everything around and hang my ukuleles on the wall to to make a a thing of it. To make a statement whenever you talk to somebody. (laughs) To make a statement, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I normally have one right down here. It's not there at the moment. And I I have been known to pick one up and start playing it in a meeting. So that's that's cool. Oh, that's great. (laughs) That's really cool. Yeah, it's been been really interesting to see just how everything... um, worked out in this time of of, uh, isolation and staying at home and like all these online concerts and and online interviews and meetings it's been really interesting and I I think it it took some time to get used to it but then I think I actually started to really enjoy it and to to have the opportunity I actually saw all of my friends all the time play play their live concerts and uh, it was a little bit of a um, how do you say like a, a Constellation, do you say that? Like, uh, yes, yes. That I haven't, that we weren't able to see each other in in person, but yeah. So it kind of makes up for it a little bit, makes you feel a bit yeah. better having that rather than nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That constellation, I think, is the right word. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sometimes I'm not quite sure. Sometimes the German comes through. <laughs> That's fine. Your English is is so good. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, and actually, I've always thought I didn't want to do interviews remotely because I like being in the same room with people. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, I've had to now, and now I'm doing it. Yeah, it's fine because I can see you. Yeah, I think we can still connect, Absolutely. which is nice. Were you travelling all over the place before to to meet people? Yeah, so um, well, I'd, I would I didn't travel specifically to do an interview, yeah. but I would go to ukulele festivals a lot. And of course, there, what I'd do is I'd see who was going to be playing, and before I just sort of line them up to, to have a, an interview while I was there. And I do travel a bit for work, mm-hmm. and so if I'm travelling somewhere, I, I think, well, if I'm going to be there for a night or two, I'll just in the evening go and and um, I'd line up interviews with people wherever that was. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and sometimes just travelling just for for my own, just for you know, for leisure. I would also always get some interviews. Mm-hmm. Um, which which is which is nice. Yeah, I, I think I heard um, one one episode where you were talking to some people on a cruise ship. Yes, that? I've had quite a few of those. Yeah, the most recent one um, were actually on the beach. If you heard the one with the waves yeah. in the background, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so good. Yes, I was in a cruise ship in March this year, which is kind of hard to believe, wow, isn't it? Yeah. Um, actually, when that ship got back, there were no ships went after that. We were out uh, the whole week. I mean, mm. there was. We're supposed to have three ports. We only stopped at two because one of them just said, no, we're not taking anyone. Um, and then even the last day we're getting back, we're just getting really nervous, thinking, are they going to let us off the boat? But we'd been really, really good. Um, it was not a normal cruise. It was a charter cruise. So we were, 
Um, everyone, when we all did what we were told. Mm. So there was there was a lot of hand sanitizer. No one was touching. We were doing all the right yeah, things, good. and we were all okay. And they let us off the boat, and it was such a yeah. Relief. I can imagine you're supposed to do it for <laughs> relaxing, but then that, that oh, stuff comes up. That's right. And I, I got to the airport, and I got was a cruise went out of um, Fort Lauderdale, right. and I got to. I actually went back to Miami Airport. And the airport was full because so many people had come on the Friday night to go on to get on their cruise on the Saturday, and we got off our cruise on the Saturday, and all the cruises were cancelled. Right. So all of those people had gone back to the airport. Um, yeah, it was a busy place. It sounds it wasn't like it. nice. <laughs> wow. And I was supposed to be going home through um, Europe and Singapore. That did not happen. I just went yeah, straight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my original plan was to go through Italy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and that got changed a few weeks earlier, and then I changed to Spain, thinking, yeah, Spain will be fine. Nope. Hey, that I sounds just, like my holiday plans, too, yeah. My original plan was Italy, and then I thought, no, let's just do Spain instead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I went south rather quickly. That's funny, isn't it? Yeah, well, yes, yes. So, yeah, and that's when I found that the, uh, Singapore wouldn't let, weren't letting anyone through, even mm. if you were just transiting. Yeah. They wouldn't let you through, oh. and I had to throw all my affairs away. Yeah. Um, and just buy a new fare. Oh, it was very expensive. <laughs> anyway, yeah. enough of that. <laughs> uh, I'll probably cut most of that out. No one cares about my holiday. <laughs> I don't think it was really interesting. <laughs> so did you have a second song you wanted to play? I, I didn't ask you at the beginning yeah, sure. what you wanted to sure, play. I can play as many yeah. as, as I requested. <laughs> <laughs> Two is a good number. Great. Would you like to play yes, another one for absolutely. me? Thank you. Um, let's see. Um, uh, I think I'm gonna play. Um, I'm gonna play just a, a standard um, because it's. I, I recently found out that I can connect it to to a lovely instrumental piece written by uh, Ukulele Zaza by Remco from Belgium, and uh, he just released uh, a little book with um, all of his um, original compositions. He usually also plays um, all this 20s, 30s, 40s stuff. Um, and uh, he released a wonderful little book and one of that is Stumblehop Blues, it's called, and I can connect it really nicely with that one song. So I'm going to play that. It's uh, I Can't Give You Anything But Love. Oh, nice. Right. I can't give you anything but love, baby, because that's the only thing I've plenty of, my baby. Dream a while and you scheme a while.
Nice. <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, I loved all that bit at the end. That was just, that's just great to watch your fingers flying there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I must say your voice is really well suited to that style of music too. Is that something you've, I guess, developed sung in that style or has it just come naturally? Yeah, I, I don't really know because I never took any singing lesson. I don't have any, any education in that sense. Um, but I, I guess I, I naturally took some of that characteristics of that, that style of singing just by listening um, to all that music from that era and adapted some mm. of it. Yeah. yeah, Sounds great. Thank you. Lovely. <laughs> it's a lot of fun to sing. I can just recommend it to everybody because often, oh, I love it. often yeah. the lyrics are quite funny and quite clever and... Uh, yeah, I think it's a, such a good mood kind of music. All right, then. I'll, I think we're up to the last question, yes. which is how has ukulele changed your life? Oof, uh, how hasn't it changed my life? I think my whole <laughs> life <laughs> kind of uh, shaped around it because I finished school and I had no idea what to do. And um, I always wanted to be a musician. And, and through the ukulele, it, it made it possible. I found the Bad Mouse Orchestra and... Um, we were trying it out for a year or so and we realized, or I realized, I can make a living with this. I can, I can teach ukulele on the side. And for me, it has been, um, it has been everything. I met all of, my, um, all of my closest friends. I met through the ukulele. Um, I've, I've traveled everywhere because of the ukulele. And uh, yeah, it's my hobby. It's my, it's my job. And it's just, I think it's such a beautiful instrument that just connects people everywhere. And yeah. Yeah, so it has it has changed everything. <laughs> Imagine how your life would have been if you'd played bagpipes oh. instead. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't be talking to me. Very true. Nobody makes a bagpipes podcast. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. Probably yeah. Somebody probably does. Yeah, yeah. Bagpipe is the new black. I mean. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Yeah, that's my next my next, next project. Yeah, project. <laughs> I'll connect you to my father. You can talk to him. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> uh, well, on that note, <laughs> thank you so much for talking to me today. It's been fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. I had a really good time. Ukulele is a new black. Is produced by me, Meredith Harper. I wrote the theme tune and I performed it with Jasmine Fellows, Jeff Skellums, Jim Croft, Paul Marsh, Chris Williams and Sandra Shaw. Seb Carrero does the graphic design. If you want more information about any of the things mentioned in today's podcast, I have links in the show notes, including a link to buy the new Bad Mouse Orchestra album. There's also a playlist with song relating to today's episode on the Ukulele is the New Black YouTube channel. If nothing else, go there and listen to the Masochism Tango. If you enjoy this podcast, please give it a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or wherever you listen to your podcasts, and tell your friends. Episodes are released every second Monday, and you can subscribe pretty much anywhere podcasts are found. I'll be back with another episode in two weeks. So it turns out that there is a bagpipes podcast, Wittutwag's Bagpipe and History Podcast, sorry, I don't know how you say that, which is in its fourth season. So if bagpipes are your thing, go check it out. Because
it's the new black.